Before we start today's episode, I want to give a quick shout out to Zencaster, which is a podcaster's best friend. Trust me when I tell you this, Zencaster is like the Shopify for podcasters. It's all you need to get up and running as a podcaster. And the best thing about Zencaster is that you get so much stuff for free. If you are planning to check out the platform, then please show your support for the Founder Thesis podcast by using this link, zen.ai slash founder thesis. That's zen.ai slash founder thesis. Hi, Akshay. I'm Akash Gupta. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Zip Electric. One minute, stop. Let's get ready. Let's do this. This intro. Every time there's a massive... technology shift in an industry it leads to a new set of dominant players there was a time when radio was the prominent method of broadcast and there were large radio companies and then the shift to television happened and surprisingly the large radio companies are not companies that people would even know about today it's the television companies which became large and then they got disrupted with the shift to streaming A similar shift is currently happening in the automotive sector where electric vehicles are coming in and replacing traditional gas burning vehicles and this is leading to the next generation of large companies getting formed and one of those large companies is going to be Zip Electric Akash Gupta started Zip Electric as an electric mobility solution for commuters to go from a metro station to their office or you know like the last mile connectivity between public transport and the office location he pivoted and became a logistics company today Zip Electric is present in more than 10 cities doing 10000 orders on a daily basis and this is a testament to the value proposition of going electric and this is a fascinating conversation with akash about his journey from being in uh, an offline sales role with airtel and then moving into the digital world with snapdeal and then mobiquick before starting zip here's akash talking about just before he decided to become a founder while he was heading marketing for mobiquick work was never a concern i was always a hard worker which never deterred me you know if i have to spend 18 hours on a problem i will spend that you know nobody would ask me to to do that but then you know spending too so much time for you know someone else or building another company i thought that possibly i can build of my own and if not now then when right i can continue to say i will want to build now this you know was a huge transition from working in a corporate world to starting up you straight away go down to zero and then you need to build your equity again which has a huge risk of failure because you have a good equity if you fail you have to restart with a failure which is very tough but then um, the calling was stronger that you have to do this and which is why i i i was always on a lookout of a lot of ideas right i i wanted to um, you know experience things what is happening worldwide what is india how we can solve the major problems right so worked on a bunch of ideas actually if you ask me before starting up also i worked on a few ideas just as a project that if i want to do something then will it be in edtech so i created an edtech pitch i went to a few schools colleges to pitch something then i worked into fashion space you know something in the fashion space where in fact my co-founder today and my wife rashi she started a company called less flaunt and this was ideally thought which was behind both both of us thinking but she was the front face and she was the execution i was kind of you know testing out the waters of a startup with her within let's flaunt but obviously i was fully working at my job but what did you identify as like you know the gap 
so to say yeah yeah so so the gap that i identified was last mile mobility right i saw that people want to go from point a to point b but every time if they take out their car and travel that distance it's it's a lot of traffic and lot of pollution creation happening if they are there are small vehicles small electric vehicles available for people to go go for these distances which are shared vehicles rather than owned vehicles it could be super exciting there were some rages like this happening in the larger world also right in in uh, foreign countries also so this has started you know happening right and which is what like a bike share like rapido but with evs and with self drive yeah 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 so when this came along in my head you know frankly i could not sleep for a few days right i was just you know googling i was you know looking at the indian market i was looking at mobility i was looking at ev sustainability cycles bunch of things technology globe so yeah three four nights were crazy and then i decided that now is the time this has to be done an app driven shared mobility solution so yeah and and then i had to pull along rashi Uh, right uh, who's who's my co-founder she was traveling at that time and and that's actually when i got a lot more time to myself uh, where i could uh, you know give a lot of time to think internalize and when this came along i i it took almost a month for me to convince her first right that this could be exciting she is so so we are very different as personalities why because i am more of the vision kiye kar lenge and she'll be kaise hoga ye to nahi ho payega i am the you know insane guy and she'll she will bring the sanity and that's how the match is happening right and that's how there's sanity in the business for the last four and a half years also i can say so uh, this was i guess uh, like yulu bounce these were all similar businesses starting up around that time only right around that time you know so yulu actually launched 3 4 months after us so it was that early when we decided and we started building the app you know as soon as this thought came in i hired a few engineers and then we started building but this was such a upfront investment idea like this would mean a, a lot of upfront investment uh, so like you were you were ready for like going out raising funds first or like how did you think you would build it so i mean i had invested my initial capital i i was ready to invest some of my initial capital about 20 25 lakhs right which to get the prototype out to get the technology out to get the few market testing products out and we did a lot of intensive customer research we talked to a lot of users we went to metro stations we went to colleges we asked people around that would you want something like this it was a coherent yes right because while you pay for a cab for 100 bucks if you get a bike to travel from point a to point b for 20 bucks it's a game changer right and without any weight without any traffic so that was super exciting as as an opportunity what i feel um you know and how would you get the inventory of bikes like what was your plan a cycle and a smart lock and the technology um you know 100 bikes plus the tech plus the app plus the initial team was you know okay to run the business for 6 months 6 to 12 months with the 25 lakhs initially which is what we invested the, the 100 bikes what kind so, so you're talking of uh, e bikes or like the regular bikes normal cycles so we like, started with normal okay, cycles okay 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 very normal cycles is what we started with and we got smart locks placed on them we created an app which could unlock those smart locks right and then we uh, we i went to the government i spoke to them they tied up that yes we will give you the metro stations we'll give you the bus stands right we got that contract in gurgaon so and then we got a super media mileage when we launched you know it came in the times of india and bunch of other delis right coming from marketing so i 
could do that right and and yeah it it picked up really well people got a great acceptance because we launched sometime in november while the thought came in in may we launched it in november and this was a good winter time when people like to cycle also people wanted something new you know and exciting and app driven mm, and good for health also like you're getting a workout correct so so it it picked up very well i want to know a little bit more. what was the model like fixed pick up fixed drop points or like pick up from fixed points and drop anywhere uh, no pick up and drop points were initially not fixed but then within a month or so we realized that we need to fix them we created geofences where people could pick up from and drop off to right both how would you prevent against fraud like someone stealing the cycle or you know what kind of security uh, did you have in place like so we created a pure uh, tech a uh, platform where people would do a sign up they would do their kyc they will put up their aadhar card or pan card and once that gets validated with their selfies when they are able to scan the bike and unlock the bike we had a very small deposit which we you know after 40 45 days we knocked it off to zero because adoption is always a concern for people pay deposit so we knocked the deposit off but then our kyc was the key you know element and our parkings were secured usually secured but at least the geofences were there was a patrolling officer within the team who would keep checking and since all these bikes had a gps tracker in them we had the visibility of them on a dashboard right so if anything goes out of outside of geofence there's an alert that will come out was always working fine and the lock was like a iot lock like it was iot yeah it was full iot enabled smart lock that that we so that's how the journey of you know mobisi was the first brand name that we started and then um, you know we realized that the indian audience is more cut out for evs than cycles while winters the cycle works but then not everyone would hook on to fitness or you know cycles all the time going to office coming back from there hmm. especially if you sweat and then you reach the office sweaty hmm. correct so so within um, you know a few months we introduced electric scooters and to bring more zing to the electric scooters we started calling them zip that mobisi platform which is mobisi the thought was mobile cycles so now you have a uh, zip which is an electric scooter also on the mobisi platform that's how zip came into the picture just to bring people's head around that there's something new the new icon and scooters were a different ball game altogether because now the audience was different the stickability was different and the the distances were longer obviously the investment was also bigger but then we thought that this is a better problem to solve right and hence you know within 6 to 8 months we slowly started and kind of pivoted to electric scooter yeah, how did you fund electric scooter acquisition so electric scooter acquisition funding was uh, by that time we had raised some capital you know after doing our product market and the initial you know 100000 users that, that we could get on the app we then uh, got some funds right uh, the initial check came in from a seed investor which also got us to put some 40 50 scooters on ground and where also we did a partnership with a company which gave us the scooters because they also wanted to test it out so scooter oem came along and they said that we'll give you some 25 30 scooters you put them out in the market and then let's figure it out that's how you know the first uh, few scooters came along then we had some capital we bought a few more but then when we wanted to get more we said that that's when we launched a very interesting program called a zip entrepreneur program right so so we didn't have money to go from 50 to 200 scooters ourselves but then we launched a very interesting thought uh, which came along with one of the discussions within the team that let's ask people to invest we have got 100000 users let's ask everyone that do you want to buy a scooter 
and put it on our platform and we pay you a monthly rental right so that's how something like that happened where uh, a lot of uh, people came forward and they started investing in scooters right so from 50 to 200 we reached in about 3 to 4 months everything outsourced to people everything asset light and this this gave us new wings right that we can now have people to invest and we were giving a healthy return to them which was attractive which is why they came in and they did this for us how much would you earn on a scooter through rentals on one day like how many rides would that scooter be good for like what kind of operationally what were you earning on one scooter in a day on one scooter typically we were earning at about 100 rupees a day at that time we uh, our scooters were costing at about 50000 at that time we were pe- we are asking people to invest 50000 and then we were paying them almost 1900 to 2000 rupee per month which is what we were paying them and this was for 36 months so on a 50000 investment you would get 72000 and also that is coming to you monthly which means that since it's coming to you month it's almost a 20 25% return yeah on an xirr basis so people found it attractive you know, uh, a lot of uh, HNIs invested into it. A lot of corporate people who are working invested into it. A lot of my friends invested into it, right? So that kept expanding. And uh, that gave us a good feeler that we don't have to actually raise equity every time we want to deploy more scooters. People would want to invest in this new alternative platform of investment. And after 36 months, when you uh, then the scooter becomes yours or what happens then? After 36 months, we take the scooter, um, you know, at, at a pre-decided value. Roughly 10% residual value is what we offer them and then we buy the scooter. And uh, what did it cost you in terms of maintenance and the electric uh, bill because you would charge them, right? Huh. So so our match was that since we were making about 3000 our cost was 2000 and then the operational expenses were again 500 600 bucks right so so we were kind of 300 400 was the balance that we were making which is something that we could always think that you know today we are charging 100 rupees a day tomorrow we can always do 150 rupees a day so that you know margins will be made but let's build the market initially that was the end right so that's how you know we were um, you know doing this uh, at that time it picked up um, you know very well and it continued to expand when did you make a pivot Ha huh. so so within this while we were doing this you know we were also getting a lot of businesses who were reaching out to us that and and by that time we had got a fleet of about 500 EVs 500 to 700 EVs uh, in Gurgaon only ha huh. within Gurgaon only and through this asset light platform of investors coming into investing now large brands started coming to us like a Zomato or an Amazon or big basket would come to us and say that we also have plans to go electric can you um, you know, deploy EVs for us, right? Now, there are there were two kinds of, you know, customers. One was that they said that we don't want the vehicles. We want you to get the vehicles and the drivers so that you can deliver using them, right? So, which was a slightly different model than what we were doing, where we were just pure play uh, rental. Here, it was a pure play logistics play, right? So, Zomato and, and people like Zomato's were saying that, can you give us only bikes, right? So, two customers were coming one wanted only the bikes the second one wanted the full throttle logistics um you know services now while we were doing both of those things at that time right we started doing the logistics also because amazon and big basket were great brands to work with we could not say no we at least said that and it was a big debate within us right as a management team and the core team we said that should we ever think of managing drivers also because that's a very different uh, we spoke to our investors also at that time and they were also not confident that why, you know, we should do this. So at that time, but then, um, you know, since the opportunity was attractive, we said that we will do a small pilot of 30, 40 bikes, 
we'll manage 30 40 drivers uh, in one or two hubs a small pilot to to run the show we did that uh, this was december november december of 19 when we when we were doing this right when we started this how did you onboard the drivers and was it on payroll or was it like gig workers paper delivery they were gig workers. They were gig workers, right? We started on a gig model because we learned it from the market that gig model always works for them to drive more, you know, and do more uh, business. And this business, since we were also getting paid like a gig model, where when we deliver, we get our, uh, we earn. So we kind of built that. We hired a few folks from the industry who were in the logistics side. And we said that you guys build the team, you guys run the show and uh, and show us that you, you know, the EV works, right? So we, we were essentially solving the problems of EV because logistics was solved by so many people, but EV adoption was something which was not solved. And our interest was to solve the logistics side of things, uh, sorry, the EV side of things that how to get this driver educated, how to get the batteries how to get the charging, how to build the infrastructure, what vehicle will work for logistics. Those were the things that we were, you know, looking to solve. And we continue to focus on those, right? We then, you know, when we started with Amazon, Big Basket, there were 20, 20 odd drivers that they were looking for. We put those guys, we ran it for a couple of months, constantly intervened on the, you know, the infra side of things to improve that. And and yes, they also started liking what we were doing, right? And they were now uh, getting confidence that yes, EV works. And there's a player who came forward and who's kind of giving us a path to EV adoption, which is something which was on the radar for us, right? Now... When this started happening, then there was no looking. So, so then, you know, every month they were saying that, can you double, can you get more hubs, right? Can you expand? Can you launch Gurgaon, uh, from Gurgaon to Noida to Delhi? They were on, on uh, our head now that since you've done one or two hubs well, just continue to expand. And this is where we kind of, you know, took that strong call that let's focus on one business at the moment, right? Rather than running two ships, it's better as a business to focus on one and which was our logistics too, right? So we continue to build that. Suddenly, March, April came in and COVID came forward, right? So it was a big, 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 um, you know, um, I think a dampener which suddenly came in that the business will come to a standstill. But then we quickly realized that essentials is a big story. That delivery is what we are doing. Government is pro-essentials. That's the only way people will survive. So while we were doing Amazon Big Basket, now there were some 20 more customers who came forward and they said that we want your EV-led delivery solution. There was Modern Bazaars, Sodi Supermarket, there was Spencer's, Easy Day, a bunch of customers came along and we didn't say no to it. Thanks to my team who stood on ground. They said that come what may, we are here to make this happen. And we, we stood with them and then we, you know, built better tech around this, better management of drivers around this, you know, made uh, products which are suited only for small businesses also, you know, which is like a pick and drop option, right? So we, our tech team also came forward during COVID time and they built some interesting products and we launched them, right? So 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 we continue to expand, uh, um, you know, and, and uh, yeah, so, so now I think... Uh, where we stand is almost like the largest, you know, EV logistics player, right? With close to 2,000 vehicles deployed already, growing to 5,000 over the next two months, right? So that's where we stand on the EV logistics side, which is EV plus driver business. And then we also have our EV only business, which is also back where, you know, people would want to rent out vehicles. We are now allowing the delivery executive to rent out vehicles. Also like Zomato. Yeah, yeah, the initial of that. So that we complete the full EV story for anyone to 
go electric we are the uh, we are the accelerating path we are the you know ones who are enabling them to go electric we know the tech we know the batteries we know the infrastructure we know the vehicle uh, we know the management of these fleet better than anyone else and this is the offering that we have we will take you to ev you don't have to build your own fleet right is what we do uh, and yeah i mean uh, recently uh, closed the uh, next round also in that lens you know for for fueling from the 1500 2000 vehicles to possibly 15000 vehicles now over the next uh, 12 months that's the road map that we are on now, how much did you raise recently the most recent round we raised close to a 7 million right including mostly equity right 90% equity and a bit of debt so when pandemic hit what what were the number of vehicles you were at okay when pandemic had hit we were at about 300 vehicles so from 300 today you are at 1500 like a 5x close to 2000 yeah, close wow. to 2000 wow. yeah. like it's almost yeah. a 7x jump in a year amazing yeah. okay oh yeah if you talk about our revenues they have grown from they've grown 30x essentially in the last 18 months is it that your uh, earning per scooter has also increased or is it just because there are more scooters it is both you know earning per scooter has increased much more and uh, the count of scooters obviously what is the economics of your earning per scooter in this model now oh so in this model typically we earn close to 20000 per vehicle that's the revenue that comes to us right uh, per month and then we pay to the delivery executive close to 13 14000 he takes uh, after deduction of the rental and then there is an additional expense of about 1000 bucks which is operations right so so balance of 5000 bucks is what we essentially can save if the bike is utilized so uh, how do you charge customers do you charge per delivery or like a fixed rental or what like both so we have both the options right mostly we like to get a fixed rental uh, for the ev plus driver as a service where it is close to 700 per day uh, right uh, or more depending on the number of deliveries that go beyond the certain milestone that we offer them otherwise a uh, few of the large customers 700 includes both ev and driver yeah like yeah. there's no yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no ex- extra incentive for the driver based on some target or something there is there is there is so beyond so this is for x number of deliveries if we go beyond x then we get more right and he also gets more that is one um, plus there are some customers who are big enough they have enough orders there we charge on a paper delivery model also so the idea is to get the driver happy to get the maths right for the vehicle to utilize it much more because the good part is since the vehicle is ours we can use it in the morning we can use it in the night we can use it in the day it's all tech driven right so the utilization sits on our shoulders you can have more than one driver for a vehicle like someone doing a morning shift someone doing a night shift stuff like that we have that we have that in our tech yes mm, got it okay and uh, you pay a driver like a daily uh, amount like per day worked or is it like per delivery made uh so it is mostly on a paper delivery model but in some cases in certain cases we give them a fixed minimum uh, guarantee also so that which motivates them for the number of hours that they log in so uh, like you know what is uh, the uh, lifespan of uh, an ev vehicle okay yeah so electric vehicle typically if managed well then it can run for 7 to 8 years but the batteries would need one battery typically would last 3 to 4 years and then it will need a change of life right so essentially you'll need to invest 50% cost more to run it for 8 years but on a total cost of ownership if you look at an ev versus a petrol bike then it is roughly 30 to 40% cheaper what is tco sorry total cost of ownership
If you like to hear stories of founders, then we have tons of great stories from entrepreneurs who have built billion-dollar businesses. Just search for the Founder Thesis podcast on any audio streaming app like Spotify, Ghana, Apple Podcasts, and subscribe to the show. And uh, what was the source of? Uh, I mean, you know, were companies like Hero and all making two-wheelers at that time, or like where were you sourcing them from? Yeah, so Hero was making, right? But uh, And there were many OEMs, right? So we tested almost seven to eight OEMs in our journey, right? Uh, uh, we The good part is that since we were expanding and with good volumes uh, after the initial few months, and they were also expanding with, with very limited EV orders at that time, we became one of the biggest buyers for these OEMs, right? Whoever would give us the best price, the best quality, and the best service, we would shift our tie towards them, right? And we had strong SLAs, strong contracts that we used to start signing up with the OEMs, right? Uh, so, so um, yeah, so we tied up with uh, the largest OEMs with the right SLAs. And that is what is, you know, some fueling our expansion. We have back-to-back, you know, investors who came come to us and they lock in the money that we want to invest and we want to get the return. So that pipe is already sorted. Uh, the pipe of EVs are already sorted. Financing is sorted. Business, there's no dearth of business, you know, in what we are doing. Essentially, it's full of uh, nationally. We can expand if you want. Today, we can grow 50x in the next, you know, 10 months. Uh, um, you know, given, um, you know, we push the button of expansion, uh, right? And... Uh, yeah, the only thing that we are solving for is the supply of the vehicles, right? That has to come forward, which is where we are also booking, you know, additional orders of next 5,000 scooters so that they, you know, 500 to 600 keep getting delivered every month, right? So that is where we stand and we work with the best people now. From the 7 to 8, we now cut down to only two OEMs who give us the zip, um, you know, vehicle in the way that zip wants it with the right spec, right battery, right technology. Okay. So it's like a custom made uh, design yeah, for you. It is. Okay. 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 So which OEMs do you source from currently, like the, the top two that you've identified? So I can name one, which is Hero is our biggest OEM at the moment. And how does it cost you 50,000 when, I mean, Ola scooter is, I think, some 90,000 or something like that, no? Yeah, I know. So I think, uh, so 50,000 was the cost at that time. Today, it will be slightly more because we go with, you know, better configuration. But still, you know, there's a huge government subsidy which comes along, right? Uh, that's one. There's a good state subsidy also, which is coming along, right? Which is bringing the vehicle cost down. And that is the good part that I want to talk about government. The government is incentivizing the EV adoption there from their side also. Right? They care for EV as much as we care for EV, which is why we don't have to do any marketing. Our, our job is done uh, with the right you know, channels from the government side. So yeah, so that's how the cost. So there's a uh, national subsidy, which brings a one lakh scooter down to about 60, 65. And then there's a state subsidy, which brings a 65 vehicle down to 50. Okay. Is there a configuration difference also between your uh, what you're currently procuring and what Ola is selling or broadly similar? There will be a little. There will be a little change because we don't go beyond a fifty kilometer speed. That's good for our, you know, drivers. We don't have to race with anyone or you know showcase. We want something which is tech enabled, which is our technology enabled, customized for us, having the right sensors that we want, um, you know, in the vehicle and you know rugged. We don't want a fancy, cute-looking bike. We want a rugged bike, which will last for the next seven, eight years. What kind of sensors do you require in the bike? 
oh we put a lot of them we put you know the throttle sensor the the driver pattern sensor the wheel uh, sensor the the gps tracker what do each of these do like just help me understand oh this this is this is bringing more data and analytics into how we optimize the usage of vehicle better how to how to utilize it better so it gives us all those triggers that which vehicle will need maintenance now which vehicle is running fine now which needs to be driven well which spare parts we need to collect you know when to immobilize the vehicle when to you know all of that is sitting in house when to change the battery when to charge the battery all those things I mean, what exactly is like a throttle sensor or a driver uh, seat sensor? Like, what what are these exactly? Like, just huh. so these are um, you know these are things which uh, help us educate the driver better because EV is different, right? EV, if you just race like this, it will reduce the efficiency of the EV. So there's an education that goes that EV has to be slowly you know grown to the speed and then it has to be optimized not at a full speed. but at a slow speed so that is a throttle sensor which is part of the education process so that sensor tells you that how much uh, the driver is throttling okay hmm. what else what are the other sensors like the other sensors um, so we have all the data coming in from the battery the bms you know in terms of the temperature um, in terms of uh, state of charge state of health how many cycles the batteries have driven when to charge it how much range is left in the battery because see a battery has a number of cycles right if you charge it daily three times a day you are actually killing the battery which is why we incentivize the guys to charge it at the right time not just keep charging it every time so uh, what do you see as your roadmap uh, you know where would you be in say 2025 okay so 2025 i think we would possibly be the largest EV uh, as a service company in the country and beyond you know we might possibly be in a few more countries right by 2025 we would surely be much beyond a unicorn right uh, is what i can say and yeah creating the right disruption hmm. what are the problems that you are uh, solving currently like you know in terms of to help the business scale what are those challenges that are on your radar right now that these are the next few problems to solve yeah yeah So the biggest one uh, see our mission of zip is mission zero emission right that's our tagline and that's what we live by and thrive by within you know everyone uh, works for that right and when we have that as a motto then things are organically happening you know the brands are organically coming our tasks are organically aligned our focus is already aligned that we need to build the infra we need to solve you know stuff but yes the biggest challenge if you ask me would be the supply right how these oems can pick up uh, to do more vehicles because we want a lot more and i think that the entire ecosystem of the oem side has to build up strong okay what about charging infrastructure is that a problem today or not really we are solving it at the moment ourselves right we have created our own charging swapping systems and we are you know putting them on ground ourselves uh, because it's a chicken and egg right there are no large charging companies at the moment and it is we have a, we have a creative way in in which we've solved it actually right and it is working very well what is the way that you've solved it but i i i'll share that <laughs> proprietary information <laughs> yeah. yeah okay okay but you have like some rented kiosk type locations where you've put up a like a charging station yeah, we put up put up a lot of charging stations around the city right uh, we we put them up in our partner hubs also we decentralize it in a lot lot more ways possible so that it gives driver comfort 
and uh, so a new city launch would essentially mean that you would first build a charging infrastructure in that city and then launch like that would be how you would expand yeah yeah, yeah. but but frankly it's uh, yeah that is the right way to expand and that is how we essentially do right but but since ours is a hub and spoke model usually right so hubs become the partner hubs of our customers uh, which is a grocers or a big basket which is usually you know where at one hub 40 50 drivers can work so i don't have to paint the city green right i i can start from one portion of the city and then grow from there mm, okay and how many cities are you in today we are in nine cities which all Okay, so uh, we are uh, in Bangalore, Hyderabad, Mumbai, Pune. These are our new cities rather. And Delhi, Gurgaon, Noida, Ghazibad, Faridabad have been our old cities. Hmm. Okay, okay, got it. Okay, cool, amazing. So uh, I guess I don't have any further questions. I think we are more or less done with what... Yeah, okay, so one last question. So your... Uh, you know, how is it different having a co-founder who's also your wife as opposed to most other startups where, you know, co-founders are like two guys who work together in college or something like that? Yeah, yeah. No, I think uh, the way that we work is quite interesting, right? We have a great comfort factor with each other and also, you know, a lot of contradictory views which help the business is what I can say, right? While we are, uh, you know, a couple, but we think very differently, right? And that actually has helped us, you know, remain uh, sane to build this business is what I can say, right? Because uh, as I said, you know, uh, vanity plus sanity and humanity is what we are into, right? And then that's a good mix uh, that's that's coming along. But yeah, I think uh, the, the only caveat is that it's only business that we are talking all the time, right? Because since we are both into this, we are just, you know, the life is all about business. So the good thing is that sometimes when we meet the team folks and we share a view and then they say, Aap logo to discussion ka time mil jata hai. Which helps also uh, essentially the business. But yeah, I mean, we are enjoying it quite a lot. If you like the Founder Thesis podcast, then do check out our other shows on subjects like marketing, technology, career advice, books, and drama. Visit thepodium.in, that is T-H-E-P-O-D-I-U-M dot I-N for a complete list of all our shows. Before, before we end the episode, I want to share a bit about my journey as a podcaster. I started podcasting in 2020 and in the last two years, I've had the opportunity to interview more than 250 founders who are shaping India's future across sectors. If you also want to speak to the best minds in your field and build an enviable network, then you must consider becoming a podcaster. And the first step to becoming a podcaster starts with Zencaster, which takes care of all the nuts and bolts of podcasting from remote recording to editing to distribution and finally monetization. If you are planning to check out the platform, then please show your support for the Founder Thesis podcast by using this link, zen.ai slash founder thesis. That's zen.ai slash founder thesis.